0: Good morning, beloved. A very blessed Christmas to you. On this Christmas morning, 2021, I pray that you would be filled with his presence, filled with Christ's love, his joy, his peace, that he would saturate your hearts, that he would be present in every one of your celebrations that you are having today with family, with friends, whatever you are doing. I want to just say today's going to be a recorded message by my amazing wife, Pastor Darling, Carol. And uh, But tomorrow we are back. We are at our normal service venue. We start our normal service live in person, nine o'clock tomorrow at Black Eagle. We invite as many of you to come and join us as possibly can make it. Right now I'm handing over to Carol. She's going to share a powerful word that I trust will impact your hearts in appreciation of who God is and what he did in sending his son. You have an amazing Christmas.
1: Happy Christmas, every nation, Reynse. So great to be with you on this beautiful Christmas morning. Christmas, one of the greatest days of history, the day on which all of history hinges. It turns out the door to your future is a stable door. Lord we pray that as we share around the word today that the spirit of Christmas, the the glory of your son, the majesty of what you've done, the loveliness of life in Christ would come to us. Lord I pray for everyone watching that you would open our minds and our hearts to what you want to say. More than hearing my words they would hear your words. Thank you Lord for the gift of your son. Lord Jesus thank you for coming to be with us walking with us, living with us, dying for us. We're so grateful. Amen and amen. God knows what it means to be God. He's the ruler, leader, governor, father of the whole world. We learned two weeks back that God knows what it means to be human. Jesus Christ, his birth showed us that God wanted to come and reveal himself, but he also wanted to walk in our shoes. Today, we're going to continue that theme also using the scripture in Isaiah 9, verse six, that not only does God know what it means to be human, but God knows what it means to be God. He's wise. He's powerful. His plan is perfect. He rules the world with perfect justice. His rulership brings perfect hope. His example in Jesus Christ puts everything in its right place. Around us there are so many broken rulers, leaders, fathers, mothers. We've all experienced at least one of them, but Jesus promises something different. He promises to lead us in a way that puts everything right, that gives us our world back. We're continuing in Isaiah nine, verse six, two weeks back, we spend most of our time on the first phrase, we're gonna spend our time on the second part of that verse. The verse goes like this, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This was a prophecy written many hundreds of years ago by the prophet Isaiah that's why it's in the book of Isaiah and he was prophesying prophesying about a coming Messiah a coming Savior who would be the everything the answer to everything that Israel had longed for what Israel was only coming to know in kind of snippets and ideas in their prophecies that this Savior would not only be the Savior of Israel but he would be the Savior Of the world. This is a prophecy about Jesus and probably the most explicit prophecy about his birth. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. That God was going to step down into human form to reveal himself to us. It goes on and it says, and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace in that revealing of himself to the world. There would be these four examples or these four attributes that would would allow the world to see God and to be able to embrace him as the savior of of their lives. He would be a wonderful counselor, he would be mighty God, he would be everlasting father and he'd be prince of peace. I want to look at these four attributes that Jesus revealed about God as he, as he walked as a man, but also as God on this earth. Wonderful counselor, hashtag not lost in the source. My mom was a fantastic cook. She made delicious food all my life. When she made stews, there were vegetables. The sauce was just magnificent. It was rich and hearty and fantastic. It was only much later when I went to friends' houses and I had stew at their houses and I, I saw how much meat was in them. I realized, hey, my mom, when she makes a stew, puts very little meat in it. I went and asked her and I said, mom, why? It's only like a little piece of meat here and a little piece of the meat there. And she said to me, "Care." I was saving money. I kept the meat to a minimum and magnified the sauce so that you wouldn't notice there wasn't any meat in it. You know, sometimes life is like that. It's like there's there's so much coming at us, so much advice, so much media, so much so many um, just voices around us. It's like this the source that is filled with all kinds of things, and sometimes it's tasty and sometimes it's not. but the real meat, the substance of life, is kind of rare in amongst the source. You see, Jesus cuts through the source and brings us to the meat of the matter very quickly, because he's a wonderful counselor. This portion of scripture, announces him to the world as a wonderful counselor as one whose whose words are worthy to be emulated his or his life is worthy to be emulated and his words are worthy to be followed you see to walk with Jesus eliminates confusion it cuts through the barrage of voices and the very many different pieces of advice and counsel we're getting all over the place cuts through the the media that is barraging us with all this kind of ways to improve yourself, ways to live, examples of how you should be, cuts through all of that to the meat of the matter. Jesus' words and the example of his life are reliable counselors for for us in our everyday lives. Have you ever asked a non-driver for directions to a place? I have, oh my word, it's crazy. Because they're non-drivers, they, they don't notice the, the different signposts and the, the road markers. They forget how many robots you must go through, how many stop signs there are, when to turn right, when to right, turn left. Sometimes they even mix up their right and their left. And, and as you trying to follow their directions, you just get nowhere. Or you get there, but after a few wrong turns. You know, likewise, Before I had children, I waxed lyrical. That means I said a lot of good things about how to raise children. I was sure I knew exactly how everyone should parent their children. The minute I had one, I realized that half of my advice was absolute nonsense. From these two examples, it should become clear to you not to take advice from someone who hasn't done it or did it badly. It's hectic for me that the role models and heroes of the age are often fictitious characters in Marvel movies. Or they're rock stars or celebrities who are on their third, fourth, and fifth marriage or who are suing their father for custody of their own affairs. They're people who have regular bouts with depression, substance abuse, and worse, people abuse. Into this craziness steps Jesus and he's a wonderful counselor. He's able to cut through the source, cut through the barrage of ideas and give you reliable, stable steps to walk in that make a difference, that found the, your life on the rock of his word, that allow your life, allows your life to be stable, to be whole, to be wholesome to have longevity he gets to the important stuff and teaches and models a life worth living easily one of the greatest sermons ever preached is the sermon preached by Jesus recorded in Matthew 5 6 and 7 it's it's colloquially known as the Sermon on the Mount and it's, it's Jesus idea of how to live well and as we read it and do it, it sinks into our hearts as a way of life that is just, just a good way of living. That when we live like that, good things tend to happen. That when we live like that, relationships tend to work. When we live like that, we tend to find success in our endeavors. We tend to make the right choices. Right at the end of that sermon, Matthew records something, Matthew 7 from verse 28. He says this, And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. How did he have authority? He had authority because first of all, He was walking a human life. He'd experienced these things. And as a result was talking from a place of having done it himself. He also carried authority by virtue of the fact that he's God. He has a perspective that's eternal. He has a perspective as the one who made us. He understands us more than we do. He's he's able to cut through all the the confusing voices around us, the confusing thoughts around us to what really matters. He understands what it means to be human, but he also sees our humanity from the eternal perspective and the wise perspective of being God. To walk with Jesus eliminates confusion. The next thing the scripture we looked at pronounces Jesus as is mighty God. Hashtag, nothing is impossible. You see, to walk with Jesus opens opportunity. Mark 5, Luke 8, and Matthew 9 tell the story of a woman who's been bleeding continuously for 12 years. Imagine that, the exhaustion, the horror, the difficulty of that. The Bible, in addition, makes the statement about her which just touches my heart. It says she had suffered under the care of physicians or doctors for 12 years. Listen to those two words, she'd suffered under the care. In other words, the best they could give her, the most loving things they could do for her still caused her to suffer. It's like it's a picture of humanity that the best we can give one another still isn't good enough to solve the problems of being human. I also think of this, is that for 12 years, she'd been reaching out to doctors, she'd been reaching out to her friends for the help she thought she could get from them, and for 12 years, she'd met with consistent disappointment. And this speaks to me of many of you who who have faced difficult situations or have been been kind of at a rock face and not knowing how to move forward and have banged on doors, have reached out, have tried everything. And for for year upon year, month upon month, week upon week, you've met with disappointment. You've been believing God or believing your environment and working in your environment for change and yet change has not come. And this story speaks to me of how Jesus came into this world as mighty God to reassure us that indeed nothing is impossible, that He can make a way where there is no way. And this woman exemplifies that. As she had faced so much disappointment, she was able to reach out to Jesus and she got the instant result that 12 years of trying had not brought her. I want to qualify this point With one thing is that that often when we hear about God as being mighty God and we read the miracles in the Bible we could be tempted to look at God as being this like um, this genie this kind of slot machine That I just I put my money in I pull the lever and bam I just get what I want I make my prayer I say the right words and bam God just does whatever I want that's not who God is mighty God is so much more than that He's powerful and good enough to be able to give you what what is right for the situation. But he's also powerful enough and good enough not to give you what you don't need. And this is important because as we come to him, there must be a sense of trust to say, "God, God, this is what I think I need, but I'm coming to you with the understanding that you might know better than me. What I do know however is that as I reach out and touch your garment I'm going to get something and that something is going to be good and it's going to change me and it's going to open a door for me and it is going to give me a way forward that wasn't there before. It may not always be what I had expected but it will always be good and it will be in fact better than I expected. You see to walk with Jesus opens opportunities. It makes all way through the sea. He is the fourth man in the fire. He moves mountains. He turns stone into bread, water into wine. This is the God that we serve, that Jesus came to show us. Mighty God, the one who is with us. He's also everlasting father. Hashtag holy homies. Walking with Jesus allows you to find your tribe to find your homies, the holy homies. (laughs) He came to invite us, not just to work with him, but to invite, he invited us into a family. He came to make a place for us. He came to find a new tribe or to form a new tribe of people made up of every kind of person linked together in the unifying life of Christ. You have a place, you belong, you have a dad, you have a new identity. Matthew 4 18 and 19 is a very familiar passage. You've probably heard it so many times, especially if you've been in every nation for any length of time. It's the story of when Jesus calls his disciples, but I was reading it recently through the eyes of Jesus revealing everlasting father, revealing himself in God as everlasting father to us. And it just, it spoke of something different to me. It says, while Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers. Of men it goes on to say that they immediately left their father's nets and followed him it's like they they turned from what was familiar and the old family that they had and they turned to Jesus and immediately followed him and and went into a new way of life it's often puzzled me how after such a short interaction with Jesus they were so willing to give up everything and follow him and I realized that it's it's not spoken here but certainly it must have been an environment around Jesus that he he wasn't just offering them a new job he was inviting them into a community he was inviting them into a community of followers of Jesus Christ he was inviting them into a camaraderie and a, a sense of belonging that they had longed for you see to walk with Jesus is to find your tribe, it's to belong, it's to find your people. I was speaking to Tabal who helps Wesley organize our church services and set everything up on a Sunday and helps him run smoothly, he does a remarkable job, but they both do. And But I was talking particularly to Tarbul. and he was telling me how his interactions with his Connect Group leader, Marius, had so shaped his life and had so enabled him to become the reliable, excellent leader that he is. And he was talking how how his relationship with Marius and others had called out the good in him, had called out the gold in him, but it also allowed him to, to deal with the rough edges and the, the things that weren't helping him move forward, the things that were not supposed to be there and how it had made him a better person. It invited him into something bigger. And I, and I see in the, in the community that surrounds Jesus that our interactions with Jesus allow us to become better people. And in turn, we can invite others into something more noble, greater, better than they've ever experienced before. As we move forward with Jesus, so we pull others into this relationship and pull them also towards Jesus. And together we walk into our destiny. This this destiny that God has for the world that he is aligning our destinies to. To walk with Jesus is to find your tribe. It's to belong. It's to find your people. The third thing that Jesus revealed is himself as the prince of peace hashtag get your life back the peace that Jesus presides over and is bringing in increasing measure to the world is not the kind of world peace that beauty queens profess the kind the kind that they profess and have tried so many years to bring just doesn't exist the world peace that Jesus is talking about is a kind of world peace that starts in the inside of individuals and and becomes an environment around us that pulls other people into a state of rest a state of a state of peace a state of wholeness it's the profound state of being where the entire creation rests under the perfect rulership of the king of kings it's where each person finds their place fulfillment and joy it's a wholeness and completeness that is good in every way. There are so many ramifications to the peace that Jesus brings. Rarely, it's the word shalom, which many of you know is uh, a place where, where everything's in its right place, everything's whole, nothing's missing, nothing's forsaken, it's right relationships, it's justice, it's wholeness, it's health, it's righteousness. All of these things, it's a package of just goodness and, and right living. But there's one ramification of this piece that I want to emphasize today because I think it's so prevalent in our world today. Jesus' peace removes worry. Matthew six twenty-five to 27, Jesus said this, Therefore I tell you, Do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on? Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you being anxious can add a single hour to the span of your life? You see, worry means to be distracted or have your mind divided like when you're in deep conversation with your girlfriend and at the same time your mind is thinking about that exam that you should be studying for or conversely you're studying for that exam and your mind is being pulled away consistently by the thought of that deep conversation you need to have with your girlfriend fathers it's it's that moment when you want to be a good dad and you, you're you sitting on the floor playing with your children, maybe building a tower out of blocks or something like that. You, you're trying to engage and be present in the moment and be with them, but your mind is being constantly pulled to that presentation you have to give tomorrow morning or that unpaid bill that you're thinking, where are we going to get the money for that? You see, that's what worry does. Worry Divides your mind it, it prevents you from living in the now and enjoying The enormous amount of good that is around you that God has placed there In Christ we get our minds back in fact we get our lives back A dictionary I was reading recently defines worry as this an obsession that originates from a distorted perspective of life You see what Jesus does Is that Jesus uh, lifts us up to a new perspective? He allows us to see the world in a new way so that worry is eliminated because we we see it from the perspective of his goodness invading the earth. It gives us a new way of looking at life that basically gives us our heart, our mind, and our soul back. Allows us to live in the fullness of the victory he has for us. To walk with Jesus, get your life back. In conclusion, walking with Jesus does four things as he is a wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father and prince of peace. So walking with Jesus eliminates confusion. It opens opportunity. It lets you find your tribe and it gets your life back. I want to pray for four, pe- four kinds of people that are watching today. First of all, those of you who just need your life back. You know, under the barrage of the difficulties of your everyday, you found yourself just just so divided and distracted. And Jesus wants to come and invite you back into a new perspective that allows you to live whole and at peace. There are those of you watching who just feel disconnected and isolated The everlasting Father, Jesus Christ, wants to draw you back into a community where you feel connected, you feel alive again, where you feel cared for and supported. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for those who you feel like you've been going around the same mountains for years, months, weeks, but you need God to just open an opportunity. You need Him to come and do something new. And I'm going to pray for you. I'm gonna pray that mighty God steps into that place and makes something new. I wanna pray for you who are battling with just confusion. So many different opinions and ideas are barraging you. Your, your, your mind is somewhat divided in what to do and where to go. I wanna pray that Jesus cuts through the source. He cuts through to the important things and he brings you wise counsel and that your heart hears that wise counsel and is able to take the next steps in him the next steps towards a wholesome, fruitful, joyful life. So Lord, I want to pray for these four people. Holy Spirit, would you come and cut through the source? Lord Jesus, would you step into their lives? Lord God, I'm praying that you would, you would show them their tribe, that you would, you would unite them into the relationships they need, close relationships that are real and authentic and helpful. Lord God, I ask that, that people who are beset by worry and insecurity, or just any kind of barrage of thoughts that are are confusing and are dividing their heart and mind. And I pray that you would give them their lives back. Lord God, I pray with all of us that we once again surrender to you our lives and say, come and be Lord and King of them, Lord. Come and take over. We understand you, you're the best to run our lives and we, we give it all to you, Lord. Lord God, I pray that for those of here who are just facing the same difficulty that they faced for ages, Lord, and they just need a breakthrough. They need you to come and do something extraordinary to open an opportunity for them. I ask that you would come and do that. Lord God, I feel, I feel right now that there, there are people now who are watching this that are battling with chronic illness. Holy Spirit, would you come right now and heal them. I feel like he's, he's coming to do that in your life right now those I feel like he's also for those of you who are just battling in the workplace I feel like there's some work opportunities coming your way I feel like even for some people there's some access to resources that you haven't had previously that is opening up right now and even one or two people that there's a study opportunity coming to you an open door to be able to do that in a way you couldn't before so Lord God I pray for all these people bless them Holy Spirit, come in this Christmas season and minister to them, speak to them. Lord God, take them, bring them, should I say rather, closer to you, I pray. Closer to to the ideal that you have for them, align their lives to the destiny you have for the world. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Happy Christmas, great church. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Love you all. God bless.